you see there's mostly marvelous, beautiful, fantastic women here. And a couple men. Hello, men. Hello. <laughs> well, in honor of tonight, we have a little song that we'd like to pray. I'd like you all to get up and start moving your little selves. Because tonight is ladies' night. That's right. <laughs> if you want to get up, you can. If you don't, that's okay. God doesn't punish you for stuff like that. Maybe I will. <laughs> Ladies, are great movers here. Welcome to ladies night. <laughs> wow. Whew. I got an aerobic workout. I better, um, I better not have my membership at 24 hour fitness anymore. I'll just come here. <laughs> yeah, you guys are great. All right. Tonight we have, um, she went we have Susan Folkler. Are you going <laughs> to? Yes, the great Susan Folkler. Here you go. Come on, ladies. Okay, well, we are going to do things just a little differently tonight because, hey, we can, and we kind of felt God encouraged us to do so. So we have a little panel of some of the women leaders tonight. Come on, on up here. And I'm just going to pass. Is this my? Is this my? Mic on, too? Oh, we got two. Okay. All right. We're good. There it is. Okay. Hi, you guys. So um, first, I'm just going to have everybody introduce themselves, just for any of you who might know. Um, I'm Susan Folkler. I'm one of the associate pastor's elders here at Blazing Fire. I'm Karina, and I'm one of the elders also. I'm Suzanne. I'm one of the elders also. I'm Diane. I'm one of the overseer's leaders. And I'm Aletta, and I'm one of the overseer leaders as well. So we wanted to do... So we thought what we felt like God was um, encouraging us to do tonight was to talk 
like on a panel, but also spend some time for you all to share with one another, okay? So we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit tonight. Um, and our theme we felt God really highlighting for us tonight was hope. So um, hope, I'll tell you, for me, growing up, I would have had no idea what that word meant. When I was looking, though, at the scriptures and kind of praying and processing this whole thing of what is hope, um, I immediately thought of 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about how there is faith, hope, and love. These three things. The greatest of these is love. and We talk a lot about love here at Blazing Fire Church. But faith, hope, and love, clearly faith and hope are very important. These are like huge, important entities in the kingdom of heaven, aren't they? We don't see a lot in our world that talks about hope or even encourages us to have hope because our world is so driven by circumstances and what we can see and feel and understand in our world, right? But the scriptures are clear. Faith, hope, love, these are really, really key things in the kingdom of heaven. So important, so essential, so foundational for the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we hope, we're not hoping in what we can see out there somewhere. Right? Our hope is Christ in me. Him in me. My connection with him. He's seated in the right hand of God. He's there. He has everything I need for life, for godliness. I can't, I can't depend on my circumstances. Who knows? From day to day, I can only depend on who he is, the nature of God. So I'm, I was realizing when I was thinking about hope, I'm like, gosh, I didn't even think about hope till maybe about 10 years ago or so. It just was a completely foreign concept. And I'm sure some of you out there can relate. I was raised in a home where it was survival, right? It was duck and cover. Hope? What is hope? You just want to get through the day without getting in trouble, uh, you know, to hope about what is that? What does that look like? I, I don't know. Hoping, having dreams. Um, I think hope has to do with, I mean, I didn't look up any formal definition, and I'm sure we'll hear, hear more from the lady, other ladies. It's like just looking into your future, look, looking into your circumstances and knowing God is there in the midst. And you can fix your eyes on him and going, God, this is what it looks like. But looking upon you, I know I can expect more. I know I can keep hoping, dreaming, seeing my horizon widen out, not narrow. The, wor the world tries to tell us things are just going to get narrower and we're going to hit dead ends. There are no dead ends in the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. In fact, I'm going to say that again. There are no dead ends in the kingdom of heaven, because God uses everything for good. He always is inserting hope, his love, his faith into it, because that is what the kingdom is made out of. So I just pray for all of it. In fact, I'm just going to start by praying and say, Jesus, would you speak to each and every one of us tonight from the inside out what you want us to know in our lives, each one of us? for what hope means to us. 
and how resident our Lord Jesus Christ is within our heart, whether we feel it or not, whether we feel like we deserve it or not, you're here. You're here living inside of us, God, the hope of glory, the hope of the fullness of God incarnate lives inside of each one of us here because you, you love us and you chose us before we could even ask. God, you're so good and we're so grateful for you. So, yeah. So, anybody else have something they want to share? So. Is <laughs> 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 <Aww>. it? <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, that's, oh, that's all right. Oh, well, um, yeah, I, I have really been feeling lately like God is really asking me to guard my peace and guard my hope, like be very intentional about it because there's just so much happening in the world and so many circumstantial things. And we had a young adult girl, she's not here, come to our group recently. We, we lead a college-age young adult group. And she, she came and she said, you know, I, my family tells me there's no hope. Um, they're not believers, and they, they all have told me, there's no hope at all. I'm sorry, you're on your own. And she was so, she came so desperate, like, please tell me that that is not true. Um, please tell me that there is something I can hold on to. And my heart was just like, oh, my goodness. I, I grabbed her, and I said, there is hope. There is so much hope, and it's in Jesus. And you could see she just had this void on the inside, and she felt so empty. And the world is longing for hope. They're looking to find, you know, that's really who we are as ambassadors in the world is to be people of hope. Even when we ourselves, we're going to be very vulnerable with you and tell you we have lots of places in our lives that we are still maybe not, um, our hope tank is not very full, but um, the world is still looking for that. And I know I've, I've struggled some with just seeing people suffering so much in the world right now and how to be empathetic. And I am such a feeler. I don't know if anyone else is, like, you really feel a lot. So when I'm with people, there was times where I felt like I had to feel for them, but empathy is really feeling with them, and so we have to know the difference between feeling, um, just being with people and not having to carry the whole weight of the world on our shoulders, and then I, I know for me, I also was feeling so much um, empathy with people that I wanted to be careful that I wasn't discounting their pain, but at the same time, Jesus was reminding me, yes, you empathize with people, but you need to be infused with hope. You need to, to acknowledge their pain, and you have got to grab on to, to heaven and be able to impart that as you're um, just encouraging people. So um, we'll probably share more about just areas that we feel we would love to see Jesus show up as our source of hope, but um, we are all walking this out ourselves, and... I'm excited. It's a good topic, especially now just with everything going on with the fires and everything else in the world. So.
So, um, yeah, it has been an interesting season. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, let's just wanted to give um, just a definition. Sean Boltz's definition, he tweeted this the other day. Ooh, I tweet. Um, Hope is the favorable and confident expectation of good. It is the capacity to look forward with assurance and partner with God in the fullness of all he intends for you. And its fruit is a lifestyle of expectation. And um, in reading that, I... I'm cut to the quick because I know that this has been a season for me anyway. I don't know. It's been a weird, rough, um, just my my walk, my spiritual walk has been kind of, um, I don't know, too many rocks that I'm, I feel like I'm tripping over a lot of them, over those rocks in my path. Maybe I've got my head down too much and I'm just choosing to look at the stuff and not look up. And, um, and I found myself really getting, um, knowing that I didn't want to be there and yet not trying to, not knowing how to get out and realizing that I needed, I need hope. I mean, I need that infused in me again. And the expectation of good things, of good that's in people, of good that's going to be in the situations, of good that's going to happen in the world around me. And um, and to be honest, I'm just coming just coming to grips with it in this, even this last week. And um, and something something that got me stirring, got my heart stirred up again was um, we were in an elder meeting and Pastor Russ, um, he felt he had a word from the Lord, and he just shared with the whole team. He, he just said, the Lord says to all of you, and he looked at me and Brent and Karina and Todd and Susan and to, and to himself to some degree, and he said, you are faithful. Mm-hmm. You have been faithful. And that broke me because I was at a point where I was like, do I have any faith? Am I, am I just, you know, wallowing in, in whatever? And um, at the time, and I told Russ, I said, you know, I can't receive that yet because I don't feel like I'm, I'm that. I'm that person. And yet, um, and yet that is true. You know, that is our, our, our Papa is so good, and um, and as I was um, I was just scrolling through Facebook, and uh, somebody a friend had posted something that supposedly Bill Johnson said, and even if it isn't true, it's probably something that Bill Johnson would say, and because um, I didn't have time to look up you know, whatever conference he was at or whenever he said it. But he said, um, this is on, uh, this is Bill Johnson's answer to people who say they fall asleep when they pray. And it, and it says, Bill said, 
I've never gotten mad at my kids for falling asleep in my arms. And in reading that and taking that in and being reminded how good God is, that he, uh, even in, in my temper tantrums, I just, let me just call it what it was. It's been a temper tantrum these last, you know, I don't know how long it's been. And, um, and to focus on the goodness of God and his heart like that. That he would never, he, he's, he's all about getting us healed. He's all about loving on us until we are so healed that we just ooze his love back out. And so to focus on, on that instead, to take my eyes off of these rocks that are in my path or whatever, whatever is making me trip, and, um, and to bring my eyes back up. On a, on a Father that loves me, on a Jesus that loves me, on a on Holy Spirit that just so comforts me and, and wants just the best for us is, um, is where I, I need, I've needed to lift my eyes to. And so to just remember how good God is, even, in, even when we, we feel like, well, I'll speak for myself, when I feel like I'm failing, when I'm faithless, and he's he's okay. He's bigger than that, and he can he can take it. He can take it. It's like that little kid um, back in the day when my boys were a lot littler than me, and I could actually hold them. They, um, you know, when they'd have a temper tantrum or they were just losing it, and I was still big enough, strong enough to hold them, you know, and just let them just have it out, whatever, and. Um, until they were so tired that they fell asleep or they, they stopped or whatever, and, um, and they could just, you know, feel my embrace. I mean, that's what I need to fall back on is that, is that Abba Papa Yahweh, he'll do that for me. You know, if I'm having this tantrum, you know, he's holding me through the whole thing. And, um, and just a lot of what we... Um, the um, a hope-filled um, focus for me has been, um, Eric Johnson mentioned in a conference, um, Psalm 138.8, and, um, and it reads, You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is so constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. And so that's presupposing that you believe God is starting a good thing in you. That you are, you are good. We are good. God started a good thing in us, and he will carry it on to completion. He's that good. He's been thinking. That was Psalm 138. That was uh, David. So that's even Old Testament and in the New Testament, um, Paul in Philippians um, says, I pray, I pray with great faith for you because I've, I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious expression of grace in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you through your union with him 
and will complete it at the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's hope. There is hope right there. Old Testament, New Testament. God's still doing it, and it's all for our good. It's like a lot of what we sang about tonight. I mean, that was an awesome worship set, you guys. That was, and you nailed it, just nailed. And we didn't even, that was Holy Spirit, by the way. And if you guys haven't been around here long, this is uh, a lot of the times, this is what happens with our our teams. Our, our worship leaders don't necessarily know what the theme yeah. is going to be spoken on. And yet they come up with these worship sets that are spot on with the theme for tonight. So we didn't we didn't collaborate with favor here and tell her, oh, and by the way, it was just holy, holy spirit because he knew what we needed for tonight. It was an apt word for today. So, so in that, you are, you are a good work. Yeah. You're God's good work. And, and he is cheering you on, pulling you through it, calling you up higher, all those good things. Because he will start what he, he will finish what he has started. And that's what we can um, we can bank on that. Um, for me, I just wanted to give you a Bill Johnson quote <laughs> from a conference I went to over a week ago. And he said, "Hope and hopelessness are both contagious. Decide the influence you would have on the world around us." And so when I heard that. Um, For me, hope, when I was growing up, and I'm not blaming my parents, you know, they didn't know any better either. Hope was attached to a worldly expectation. So it was always impressed upon us that get a good education, you know, that's her hope, and then you can get a good job sort of thing. And it's nothing wrong with that, but then my perception of hope started to be attached to worldly expectations. And then I started doing that to my kids. Um, It just became ingrained. And then I started to think about it, and then I started getting into situations. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but, I mean, just recently I started to have anxiety. And it was to a point where I would be grocery shopping, and I could not even engage with what I was doing at the grocery store. Because the because my hope had been stolen, and what I was I was choosing at that point too, and and some of it was not intentional was hopelessness and doubt, and so all this anxiety was coming up, and I was so focused on resolving and getting um, looking at the situation and thinking how am I going to solve this how am I going to solve this I need the, I need the solution da 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 da. da. And it's, it just started to create this confusion in me. And so um, I, was, I was just like, okay, God, I, I really don't, I don't know what to do. I know there's hope. But one of the things I needed to do was to choose it, to choose hope. It's like choosing love. It's choosing faith. This is, and, and it just takes the faith of a mustard seed, okay? And I mustered up, I, I I mustered up like maybe half of a mustard seed (laughs) in the condition I was in. And I said, I'm going to choose 
to, to have the God of hope come and to reside in this place um, so that I won't be living um, constantly in the anxiety, but I could be present. I could therefore be present for me, with God, with my family, with my friends. And so, um, can I share more or do you want me to? Oh, okay. Um, so this is a verse that um, from Romans fifteen thirteen from the NIV that I wanted to share. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as I was, I was just meditating on this, you know, we know that God is our, so, our source of hope, but he is always wanting to fill me with joy and peace. It's always there. It's, it's never, right, it's eternal. It's always there. But I realized that it says, as you trust in him, I realized that I, I was impeding the flow of all of this goodness that has hope in it. Because I wasn't able to get to a point of trust with him. And there's no shame in that. I just want to tell you, there's no shame in that. Because I came to a point where I used to beat myself up. I used to say, oh, this is shameful that I don't have trust in him. This is really, you know, take a frying pan and hit me on the head, you know. Um, I beat myself up, people, because I felt like I had to muster it up. I had to be the one to... To get it all together. But it says he's the God of hope, filling us up with joy and peace, and it's unstoppable. So I decided, okay, with my half of a mustard seed faith, I was going to go on a trust with him. And that meant um, I started to seek things, and both the supernatural and the natural, it, you know, whether it was prayer, getting a heart sink, doing the inner healing, whether it was um, talking to my friends who are encouraging and who brought light to me and who brought truth to me because the lies were stealing my hope. I started to listen to these lies in my head. And so, um, and so I knew that according to this verse, if, if I give him a little bit, he's just going to go and he's going to just overflow and the floodgates came yeah. in. And that's what happened to me. That situation in a, in a matter of, of I don't know, days, I found this connection with God, you know, through heart sink, that I was able to let the floodgates of heaven open me. And just this joy and this peace came in. And I didn't have to deal with that anxiety any, anymore. It was, it was exchanged. There was an exchange, a heavenly exchange. But I had to say yes to hope. I had to say yes to the process. And I had to say yes, then I'm going to do these steps no matter what, to, to get myself to, to start receiving it. So that's just what I wanted to share with you guys. Okay, so what I really appreciate about each and every one of us is that, you know, we're all at different stages in our walk, right, with the Lord. I mean, there are days when you are on a high, right? You are on the highest peak on the highest mountain. And then there's going to be times in your life when you're going to be way down in the valley. And to be quite honest, like for me, for my walk, um, it's just been kind of a hard season, you know. 
just putting it out there and being real. And I don't know if you guys listened to Pastor Brent about a month ago when he talked about the, the change of the season around Rosh Hashanah, you know. And I actually listened to that on podcast because I wasn't here. And I felt that there was a shift, really, for me. So my stage where I'm in now is I'm getting out of that hopelessness and I'm stepping up to the place where I can go and go and believe in my hope again, you know? And so, I mean, whether it's, um, you know, just what you do every day, going to work, being a wife, being a mom, I'm, and then being around all this disaster and people that you are around all the time that don't have hope in Jesus, that don't have hope in anything. Just like she said, what Bill Johnson said, hopelessness is contagious. And when you're in that low place, you, mm-hmm. you know, they say misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And it sure does because it wants to commiserate with you, mm-hmm. not to give you hope, but to put you in that same spot where everybody else is. But the thing is, is that even if on your lowest days, like she said, that you can believe even with a half of a seed and believe that there is a God out there who loves you, who is for you, who created this world. Like when we sang that song, Mm -hmm. so will I. Yes, there is destruction in this world and people are hurting and in pain. And we are feeling the same stuff. But we have a hope in Jesus, right? We know he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. And he's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He is there for us and he is our hope. And we just got to keep believing and living, even if it's just for a second. We're not saying discount your pain or the pain of others or what you're feeling and what you're dealing with. Mm. But hold on to the hope of the Savior who died for you that will get you through every single day, even when it's hard, even when you see earthquakes and fires and and, and just everything in this world, if you just have that little piece every day. I mean, I am a person who loves the fall. And even just remembering, it's like when, when it starts to change, when you start to feel that nice, crisp air, it's like refreshing. It's like my most favorite time of the year. I feel like I'm falling in love again. And it's just that hope, you know, this the changing of the season, infusing just a little bit of hope in me so I can go on every single day. You know, I just want to close with one little thing, and then we're going to break up into groups, and we're going to have you all share with, we have a couple questions. But I want to encourage you, because it's been, having done a lot of heart sync (laughs) for myself, but also for others, It's been my observation that so, and I've heard this theme again and again tonight, so many of us tend to be hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We somehow seem to think that if I don't have hope, if I don't have enough faith, if I'm not loving enough, there's something wrong with me. I want us all to stop just for a minute. What is the source of our hope? None of us have it, you guys. Let's be honest. 
none of us are the source for any of this good, these good things. It's all coming from our Jesus. Sometimes we get a little religious, maybe. <laughs> you know, he went to the cross for my sin. Well, he did go for your sin, but he also went to the cross for everything else we need here on earth. That's why he walked here as a man, just like us. He walked here as a man connected to his daddy God so we can do the same. Everything you need comes from him. That's why it's, about, that's why it's all about a mustard seed. That's all you need. You just need to hold on to his robe. You just need to say, I'm not feeling it, Jesus, but I need it. That's enough, you guys, you feelers out there. <laughs> that's enough to recognize it all has to come from him. None of us have it in our own strength, not a one. Okay? So let's put that aside. None of us have it all together. That's the world seeping into our brains, telling us we're supposed to look good and have it all together and have all the good answers. But even this thing we're talking about tonight, hope, we need, it's got to come from him. It's got to come from him. We just got to, I don't feel like I deserve it, God, but I grab a hold of it anyway because you say it's mine because he loves you. So we have a couple questions. Do you want to introduce? Oh, oh no. Go ahead. Oh, I have a question. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, before we break up, I, I also, I thought it was good, Susan. I just wanted to also add that um, I feel like there's different places of our hearts where we maybe do have hope, but that uh, I just kept seeing this picture of uh, this emptiness. Maybe it's, a, a, for me, I'm very visual, so I saw like a garden where there was just one part of the garden that we were just really wanting to avoid and we've neglected it, and there's weeds growing uh, because of past disappointments. So it's like, yes, I have hope for maybe that God's going to heal me because I've known he's healed me before, but I don't have hope in this area. Like, are you going to bring my spouse, or are you going to show up for me in this way because I've just been so disappointed, and there's so much pain, and it's like there's all this debris piled on top. And so I just feel like Jesus really just wants to begin to just remove those things remove that stuff and there is just a wellspring of hope it's not something that we have to grab hold of out there it's already on the inside of you but there's just been a lot of disappointment and pain that has covered that so um i just want to encourage you as we as you just talk about hope more with jesus that you would have courage to go to those places that you've avoided um because he's going to show up for you yeah, so we are going to have you break up into group. This is the fun part. Interactive, it's going to be good. Break up into groups of probably two or three, three at the most. And you're going to ask, uh, we're gonna, we have a few questions for you. So you're going to, it's going to be a time that you're going to ask um, somebody else, if there a time in your life that you needed Jesus to restore hope, and then what helped you regain hope. And so uh, just make sure you take uh, two minutes each and that you give time for the other person to share, really listen. Yeah, we'll let you know at the two, three-minute mark. But um, try to break up into group, smaller groups so that there's time. And, um, yeah, bless you with that. Yeah, let us know. Oh.
Okay, have you guys had a chance to share? I heard a lot of good discussion going on. How was that? Oh, good. Whoa. Ooh, I feel that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we only have, we have a few minutes left before we, ha we need to pick up the kids, so we thought we would just open it up and do a little ministry out of this theme. How does that sound, you guys? Yeah, because how much does Jesus love you and want more for you in every meaning of the word? Yeah. So encouraging all of you just to, um, and thanks so much, you guys, for just going for it and sharing. Yeah, being vulnerable, opening your heart. Thank you. It is, I don't know about you guys, but I learned so much when other people just share about their journey and their walk. And so it's so good. We learn from each other all the time, don't we? I do. I'm, I was learning from the other ladies tonight. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, is that how that feels inside? Okay. So... Take a deep breath, sit back, and, and if you're comfortable, close your eyes, because how about we spend a little bit of time talking to Jesus about this whole theme? And I know for some of you, maybe it's easy to think about hope. For some of you, maybe it's a struggle. But what I do know is Jesus is standing right there in front of each and every one of you with his heart open wide. And saying to you, everything the Father has ever given him, he turns it around and he gives it all to you. Everything you need, he gives to you. So I want to just encourage you to um, think right now about how you view your future, how you view that path ahead of you. Do you see it narrow and treacherous? Do you see it um, sort of... Uh, like a tightrope, like you got to just do it just right? How do you see oh, that path ahead of you? Do you see it wide, open of opportunities? And the next question is, where is Jesus in this path of your future that lies before you? Where is he? And if you aren't quite sure where he is, I am encouraging you just to look around, 
Maybe he's behind you. Maybe he's to the side. Look around. Keep looking till you see him. And as you look at him, what does his face look like towards you? Is he smiling? Is he, does, are his eyes filled with love and peace for you? Let's go ahead and ask him, Jesus, what do you want me to know right now? He wants to reveal to you a part of his nature that you didn't know before. We can only hope if we know that he is good. So it's so important that we know who he is in order to receive the hope he has for us, to know that he has good things ahead for us. And some of us, when we look into our future, when we look into the things just right down that path, we kind of look with our own resources. We look with our own abilities. We look with our own strengths and capacity. And Jesus, what would it look like if you were right in the middle of that path waiting for me. Not one bit annoyed that maybe you're holding back or doubting. It's like Anything in you where you don't have enough, I've got that. 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 Anything in yourself that doesn't feel complete, I've got that. None of us have it all together. <laughs> We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. When we are weak, we are strong. He makes up all the difference. Who? Whoa. Whoa. So if there's something in you where you realize you've been kind of beating yourself up or giving yourself a hard time because you didn't have enough of, 
whatever it was. <laughs> Say, Jesus, would you give me that? Would you give me that? Ooh. Oh. Would you give me that? And I want to just speak to that part of you that tends to beat you up. I know that one real well. <laughs> you think that somehow you're beyond Jesus' reach. He's looking at you from the cross and saying, uh-uh, I took that one too. I took everything that doesn't feel like enough You got those messages from people. You did not get that message from me. Ooh. Ooh. So we just are going to net right now. Let's just forgive. If there's someone that right now that you're aware of gave you some really bad messages in your life that seemed real believable, that made you think you couldn't hope, you couldn't believe for more, you couldn't be enough ever, if you have the grace, I ask God for the grace right now to forgive that person. Say they were an incomplete, hurting person, and they hurt me. I forgive them. And my Jesus is enough for them. And my Jesus is enough for me. So I'm seeing a little picture here. I don't know if you <laughs> what you guys are seeing. I'm kind of seeing Dorothy <laughs> heading down the yellow brick road <laughs> on the arm of her buddies. How about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on your yellow brick road? And he's taking you someplace that's amazing and good because the main thing is he's there. He's there. He's there. Yeah. Whoa. So thank you, Jesus, for um, just what you're doing in every life today. And I ask you just to keep opening up us all up further, deeper, more to receiving the fullness of who you are in every part of our life, God, because we need you in every part of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I, I realize, too, that, that allowing yourself to hope in different places where you've been disappointed can feel very vulnerable, too. So 
Jesus, we ask that you would just be so present with us in that place where we feel just so wide open and naked. And God, I thank you in that place that you do clothe us and the places that we are hungry and desperate that you feed us. And you so meet us in those vulnerable places, God. So I just ask that you would continue to give everyone courage, courage to hope again and to believe that, to believe for a good, a better day and to believe that you are in our future, Jesus. So just any place where we have felt like you are not there, God, in the, in the days to come, I thank you, Father, that you, you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you are right there, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, parents, if you can get your kiddos, and we love you so much. This was so rich, so good.